0: The Chicago Bears got the win that they desperately needed on Thursday over the Carolina Panthers. And today we're going to look at what they can do to take what worked against a bad Panthers team and apply that and still have it work against a better Lions team and higher quality opponents moving forward. You are locked on Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our promo code Lockdown NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. On the show today, we look at what the Bears can do to try and sustain some of the success, look at what's working with their defense and what we can trust should continue to work, We'll look at what's working on the offense and why things are trending in the right direction if and when Justin Fields potentially returns this week. And then we'll look at the things that they got to still do better and need to keep working on, even as the quality of opponent keeps up. The things that maybe we're a little bit more skeptical of being sustainable, but never say never. And this team is getting better and healthier and a lot of things trending in the right direction, helping lead to the win, of course, last week against the Carolina Panthers one of the strongest defensive performances we've seen from this Bears defense all year. And, and that's where I want to start is like a lot of what we saw defensively like is is going to be sustainable to an extent, right? The Detroit Lions, who the Bears play this week, but this isn't purely a Lions thing. It's The Bears are going to play some higher quality opponents here in the next handful of weeks. But the Lions specifically just barely beat the Chargers in a shootout. It was like, what, 41-38, a super high back and forth game. It's going to be an offensive challenge taking on this Bears defense this week, But we've kind of seen from Chicago over the course of the season, regardless of whether they've played a great offense or a mediocre or worse offense, they've been able to shut down the running game pretty consistently. They're like this run defense is pretty well proven in my eyes. They haven't allowed a hundred yard rusher since uh, and they're not even a hundred yard rusher. They haven't allowed a team to rush for a hundred yards since week three against the Chiefs. Like they've really been able to sustain this against a variety of opponents in a variety of situations here their front is very good at stopping the run. And I certainly Detroit is going to be able to run the ball effectively. And again, I don't want to make this all about Detroit, but like, I, I think that's an area of this bears defense that feels real, right? it feels like not just, Oh, they beat up on a bad Panthers team, but feels like, no, they can do that against pretty much anybody. We kind of trust how they're able to stop the run and that that can be something that is going to, they're, they're going to challenge Detroit and all and future opponents that way, that they've been able to do that. I also look, as far as like how this defense has changed in recent weeks, one of the things that stood out to me, I was going through the coverage use by Matt eberflus's defense. And I noticed he made a big change after week five against the Washington commanders when they actually won that game. But when they had the mini bye week after that to sort of self-scout and reevaluate, he changed up his coverage calls a little bit in one specific area that after that week five game, Matt Eberflus has drastically reduced how often he is calling cover two in particular. That is, you know We kind of thought of that as being one of the hallmarks of this defensive scheme. And early on in this season, they were running it at least 20% of the time. And if you, there was one game they were over 50% of the time when they were in coverage. They were calling cover two. It was hovering in that sort of like 25 to 40% range for a while this season. But then after week five, It's been about 10% of the time. It's something they still dabble in occasionally, but it's more like a handful of plays a game instead of like a primary lead coverage for them. And some of that varies by opponent, some of that varies by health of the team, but it's been pretty consistent since about week six that they've hovered around the same rate of cover two being right around 10% when earlier this season, it was anywhere from 20 to 50% in some of those games. So we're seeing him stick to less and less you know, vanilla soft zone coverages. And they've been pretty consistent in a lot of their other coverage areas. You know, cover three has been pretty steady. More cover one. I think we've seen more man coverage in general over the last handful of weeks. Although that that declined a little bit this past week against the Panthers. But for the most part, like we're seeing a little bit more man coverage and less cover two. And I think just a little bit better coverage variety in that regard to make things more difficult on opposing quarterbacks. And that's something that, again, sure, it works well against Bryce Young. And perhaps, you know, Brian Hoyer and stuff before that. But like, for the most part, like mixing it up in coverages is generally going to be a better idea against any quarterback and any offense. Whether it's going to work perfectly every time is uh, there's more to it than just what coverage you call. But right. That's a sign of like growth and things trending in the right direction and having some self-awareness about this defense and being able to correct some of those mistakes. We've got all of the Bears coverage stats for every week on every coverage that they called and what how each quarterback performed against the Bears coverages. And all that data is available to members of the Lockdown Bears insiders group if you'd like to join. It's it's a special thing beyond just the podcast. It's four ninety nine a month. But what you do is you get access to that data. You get access to all twenty two videos of breaking down the film. We get full all twenty two games as well. You can watch every single game in complete all twenty two from the last two years we've got uploaded on there. Plus it's a text line directly to text me to ask questions about and for the podcast. We talked in the game, it's always a good time chatting with the Lockdown Bears Insider. So if you want that coverage data for yourself, to be able to dive into the numbers for not only what the Bears defense is called, but also what defenses are calling against Tyson Bagent and Justin Fields, join the Lockdown Bears Insiders group on Subtext. The website is joinsubtext.com dot com slash lockdown bears. The link is in the in the description here on the Lockdown Bears YouTube video and on the podcast feed. So go check that out if you want more of the coverage data. But to me the coverage data shows me that this defense is trending in the right direction. The secondary is healthy. That's something that is will sustain until they get hurt. But like for now we can trust that like the secondary is healthy and will be at least starting week starting on Sunday, you know, from the first play of the game, they'll have a fully healthy secondary out there again. And that's helping that unit settle in and play at a higher level. And I think we're seeing Montez Sweat really settling in a bit too. And as he gets more comfortable in this defense and more comfortable in Chicago, more comfortable with his team, he plays a little bit more and knows more of the the, play, the more of the plays and more of the calls, can be more involved in this defense. Certainly it was easier against a bad Panthers offensive line, but the more that Sweat gets comfortable, the better he can play and then the better opportunities he can create for other guys on this defensive line to also be successful. And to me, like that's something that will keep getting better as Sweat keeps settling in. And the secondary can keep settling in, right? Things are trending in a positive direction in those areas for this Chicago Bears defense moving forward, regardless of whether it's a bad Panthers team or better opponents coming up on the schedule. I think we can find some similar trends in this Chicago Bears offense, both from the area that's been their strength all season, but also where I think we're seeing the coaching staff Show signs of improvement and progress and and getting better that you hope will then continue to translate against better opponents instead of just beating up on a bad Panthers team. We'll go through that side of the ball and then some other things that will need to change and will need to keep improving as well. Next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Game Time is here to help you find last minute tickets for all of your favorite live events. Not just Bears games, but also comedy shows, theaters, concerts, you name it. They've got it on game time college football, college sports across the board here. I'm just pulling up the game time app on my phone right now to check the next Bears game. I can give you a live price here. The next Bears home game is because there's the bye week in there, too. It's going to be December 10th. You can get upper level seats there for $118 looks like the cheapest I'm finding up in there, but you can even get down in the lower level for $200 or less on game time. And they've got a lowest price guarantee to make sure that you'll always get the best price. And if you can find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You got to check it out. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use our promo code LockdownNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem our code locked on NFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The Chicago Bears defense has been trending in an upward direction for a handful of weeks now. The offense has been a little bit more up and down, but it's also been backup division two rookie quarterback Tyson Bagent. Like to, to some extent, it's a little bit hard to fully judge what we're seeing from the offense in, in both the good and the bad. Like, this, because we're expecting at this point Justin Fields to return against the Detroit Lions. He seemed like he was close to being able to play on Thursday against the Panthers. And then when you're close and add an extra three days of break before your next game, so it's 10 days until your next game, and he was already close and he's on the sideline, not wearing the cast. He was high-fiving teammates with that right hand in the locker room afterwards, not wearing a cast. Like, it looks like he's pretty much pretty close to ready to go like that's going to change the offense a little bit and it's going to be a little bit of a a different look and it's not going to be directly translatable on everything that was happening with Bajan is not going to be everything that was happening with Justin Fields but it felt to me like as they were rolling along with Bajan here especially the last game or or two Luke Getzey has done a better job of scheming up an offense that looks like it should be beneficial for Justin Fields. Right, we saw Baygent hit the percentage of play action that Baygent has been running steadily increased, And especially this last game against the Panthers, we saw more effective rollouts, you know, designed rollouts. That was something that they, they did with fields before. And then teams were sniffing it out and, and collapsing on it. And the bears weren't really adjusting to that. And it was failing for them over and over again. So they kind of got away from it, but like with Baygent, they seem to be able to get back to some of that rollout game and it was working for him quite effectively. And we know how effectively that can work for Justin Fields when it's Executed properly. And so I want to see Justin Fields come in and get more of that. You know, they're finding more ways to get guys like DJ Moore more intentionally involved in the offense. Cole Komet more intentionally involved in the offense. And D- Darren Mooney even got some action going in there. It kind of broke off a little bit against the Panthers, but two weeks ago was kind of Mooney's big game. Like they're finding ways to get some things going here. It doesn't mean I don't still have some qualms with some of what Luke Etsy does from a game plan and, and play calling perspective, but more so to point out there's progress and a trend in a positive direction for Justin Fields, as long as they kind of continue to do some of those things. I I thought getting Equinemius St. Brown back in there was helpful in the running game as well. Like we're seeing Tyler Scott find some involvement in this offense and heck just getting Equinemius St. Brown healthy again and leading that to have Valus Jones be inactive again was also like addition by subtraction for the Chicago bears offense. So, you know, you're getting more progress and what seems like growth to some extent from your offensive coordinator and from the play calling involved. Bears have been able to run the ball fairly consistently though all season, you know, regardless of which quarterbacks in there kind of regardless of opponent with, with a couple of exceptions there. Like to me, the opponent has not stopped the bears from running the ball. The bears have stopped themselves from running the ball in some of these games, you know, like against the chargers, they kind of, they, they abandoned the run pretty well because they were down early. They were because their defense was getting gashed so much and they were losing so much that they couldn't, I still think they could have run the ball, but they have the sort of the plausible excuse of like, yeah, we're losing by a few touchdowns. We got to pass and we can't run, but the, like that's the only game. They haven't surpassed 125, 130 rushing yards since week three. Like every game is 150 plus over and over again. The bears have been able to consistently run the ball with Herbert, with Foreman, with Roshan Johnson, maybe a little less so with Darrington Evans, but like Foreman and Roshan have been great. These last few weeks, Herbert seems like he's ready to come back. And I think we, take for granted how good Khalil Herbert is statistically. Like he performs really, really well as a runner and having him back will be a boost for this Bears running game. And again, like they've been able to run on a variety of teams with a variety of levels of defense, you know, a good Saints team. They ran all over pretty well and they ran on bad deep run defenses too. So like, I think that's something that you feel like can apply moving forward against better opponents on the schedule that are coming up. Like if, and if they can sort of keep that formula going of, running the ball and scheming things up properly for Justin Fields. And like the other thing, the offensive line feels like maybe settling in a little bit, you know, Tevin Jenkins back at home, playing well at right guard. For the most part, Braxton Jones getting back up to full game speed game, uh, you know, agility. What's the endurance? You know, what's the game shape shape is the word I was looking for, man. That was hard to find, but you know, Braxton Jones settling back in and we know Patrick and white hair are iffy, but like, you're fine in, you're finding you're finding a comfort zone with like the same linemen playing back to back weeks and being able to settle in a little bit more. You know, like against the Panthers, they they really cut down on the penalties, which to me felt like progress. You know, Tevin Jenkins got popped for a hold once on a play that I think the Bears kind of insinuated that they disagreed with cuz he was just finishing a block, but but there, there were, I don't think there were any the only the only false start was on a field goal by Cody Whitehair, but there were no offensive false starts. Against the Carolina Panthers, after there were, which felt like five, 10 of them against the Saints. You know, Braxton Jones had a couple. I think Darnell Wright had one. You know, like they were, the penalties were all over against the Saints, but like offensively, certainly with the offensive line specifically, the penalties got cleaned up a little bit against the Panthers. So maybe that can be a sign of like, hey, those guys are cleaning it up and that can be sustained moving forward. Like the quality of opponent should not affect how many penalties you get on yourself. Right, like whether you're playing a really good team or a really bad team shouldn't affect whether you're false starting on that play. Right, like it should be independent of opponent. It should be your discipline and your ability to not break the rule. So, like improving the penalties should be independent of opponent and should be then something that if they're do it if they've if they seem to have done against the Panthers, can they keep that going forward as a as a new trend of like hey things are going well there? Because there's some other things like that where it's like okay, we we gone through the things now that. Feels like the Bears can keep up. They can run the ball on pretty much anybody. They can stop pretty much anybody's running game. Defensive coverages are, are getting better. That, that's kind of regardless of opponent. The offensive scheming is getting better. Like that'll help regardless of opponent. There's some stuff that they did well against the Panthers or have done well in recent weeks. That you still got to see them do it against a better team to really trust it. Because it's not maybe something they've done all season, but they've showed us that they can do it. So now they need they need to be able to do it against these playoff caliber opponents coming up on the schedule here. So we'll look at what the Bears kind of still have to prove is legit and not just a product of the bad opponent they played this past week. Next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. And if you've never played with FanDuel, now is a great time to get in on the action because new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So you place a $5 bet on any team to win their game. And if your bet wins, not only do you get the, the winnings from your $5 bet, but they will give you an extra $150 bucks into your account just for playing with FanDuel. So for example, you look at Bears Lions this week, the odds makers uh, maybe not so confident. In your Chicago Bears, they're nine and a half point underdogs on the road. But the money line is Bears plus 330. So if you bet $5 on that and the Bears win, you're going to get quite a bit of money back for you, plus then an extra $150 just for joining with FanDuel and using our URL fanduel.com slash locked on. Quick little download on your phone and you can get right in on the action. So again, fanduel.com slash locked on to get your $150 in bonus bets. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. We've seen the Chicago Bears in recent weeks find some success in areas that I wonder how well they will be able to continue that against the better teams. And that this is like where they're going to be tested, right? Like I don't, I'm not worried about the Bears being tested in the things we already talked about. Like, I think they're still going to run the ball against most teams. They're still going to be able to stop the run against most teams, but like, we saw the pass protection be a little better, you know, against the Saints it wasn't terrible. I think it I think it looked better to the eye test against the Panthers. And I think Bajan's pocket presence was not as good as I thought it would be against the Panthers that made the protection seem worse. But like it, it has felt generally like the pass protection has gotten better in recent weeks. But I don't necessarily know that they've been tested by a super great pass rush in recent weeks, the varying degrees of, of good, right? I don't want to say, like, the Saints pass rush is bad, but, like, they're not loaded up with Pro Bowl guys on a lot of the... Like, of course, like, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa was kind of the big one that we saw get tested. And, but even then, like, Tyson Bagent was sacked once in that game. Like, there was some pressure there, and certainly you game plan for the pass rushers and chip on them and, you know, adjust it to try and make it so the offensive line doesn't have to be on a limb there. But, like, I think eventually you're going to face... Better and better front sevens. And even a team like the Lions this week is gonna bring some juice here. And you wanna you gotta prove that, okay, especially with Justin Fields coming back at some point here, that pass protection needing to continue to hold up as the quality of opponent gets better. Same thing for me when it comes to like receivers being playmakers and making plays. And and backs too, but like, you know, guys making a play after the catch, making guys miss. That's a little easier to do against the Panthers. When you know they're missing tackles or whatever, and you can take the catch and break away with it. Or early in the season, you know, against the Broncos or the Commanders. But like, again, as the quality of defense gets better, it becomes harder to make that first guy miss. It becomes harder to run away from everybody. You know, it becomes harder to find as much space because the margin of error is a little bit smaller, because the defenses are a little bit tighter, a little bit faster, a little bit easier, or I mean a little bit like better at, at what they're trying to do. And so I'm curious to see how well playmakers can also continue to make plays here against better opponents. And honestly, I'm, I'm curious about the quarterbacking, too. Like, we've seen Bajans has played some teams where if he just takes care of the ball and, you know, checks it down and takes what the defense gives him, doesn't need to push it downfield, doesn't need to be the hero, doesn't need to be a playmaker, like that's been good enough over the last handful of games. I mean, obviously, the turnovers against the Saints were not, but you know what I mean? Like, the Bears haven't required great quarterbacking to go two and two under Tyson Bajan. You know, like he's been able to kind of get by with backup quality quarterbacking, which is impressive for a division two guy. But as the quality of opponents gets better, you're going to need better quarterbacking. And so can Justin Fields come in and do that? Can he come in and be decisive, effective, you know, grip and rip it while still being the playmaker with his legs, but not relying too much on legs. You know I mean? Can we see that growth from Justin Fields against better teams? Because Bajan has benefited from playing the Panthers and playing the Raiders and playing a Vikings team without Justin Jefferson missing some other pieces. Like it, he has been in a, a more favorable situation than Justin will return to here at the Detroit Lions, presumably if he plays on Sunday. So it's, it's going to be another step up in terms of quarterbacking. And honestly, the same is true with the pass rush. Like, Oh, the pass rush was unlocked against Bryce Young, sacked him a few times, got some good pressure there. Montez Sweat looked like Montez Sweat, and, you know, Justin Jones got a sack in there for the first time in a while, and it looked like the Bears had a pass rush again, but it's a really bad Panthers offensive line, and Bryce Young also holds on the ball too long, and when the opponent gets better, the line's going to get better, the quarterback's going to get better at getting rid of it and have better pocket presence. Can the pass rush take what it's done well? There's no denying the pass rush played well against the Panthers. Can they build on that, have some confidence from that, and do that against the Lions, do that against the Vikings, do that against, you know, I guess Cleveland and Arizona and Atlanta? I mean, as the season goes on, be able to keep that success up and not just have it be, oh, they can do that against bad offensive lines and nobody else. Like, I want to see this pass rush step up and sustain that. And same thing goes with, like, the tackling. You know, we saw the Bears— Inability to tackle anybody in Los Angeles. You know, Austin Eckler broke a bunch of tackles and ran all over them after the catch. They just couldn't consistently tackle. But then, lo and behold, you know, you play the Panthers. It's a lot easier to tackle guys like Terrace Marshall and and I can't even name a lot of their other wide receivers. Not named Adam Thielen. Like, the playmakers in Carolina were not guys that are really shifty and, and hard to tackle. But you know, Detroit's got some playmakers there. Iman Ross St. Brown he is hard to tackle. We know David Montgomery is hard to tackle. Uh, Jamar, Jameer Gibbs hard to tackle. Like these, and eventually Justin Jefferson could even be back in time for the Vikings Bears game. If it's a possibility. You know those guys a little harder to tackle, and so the Bears need to keep tackling well. And we've seen them tackle well the last couple of games, but we have seen them tackle poorly. And so are we going to get? Is the good tackling that we've seen and is the good pass rushing that we've seen? You know, are those kind of things going to uh, are they turning a corner there? And can they sustain that against a better team or? Were they just doing those things well because the opponent was so bad? Like, that's the distinction I'm making on the the podcast today, right? We started with things they've been doing well, that they should be able to do well, regardless of how good the opponent is, because they're just good at those things. And now it's things that they've been doing well, but we need to see them do it against a better opponent because we haven't necessarily seen it consistently enough throughout the course of the season. But that doesn't mean they can't do it against a better opponent. They just got to prove it to us. We just still need to see that. And certainly I think over the course of this season at three and seven, they've lost the benefit of the doubt there, right? I don't think we're going to go into this game, assuming like, oh yeah, this time, you know, fool me one shame on me. Fool me. I guess if they've lost seven games, it'd be fool me seven times. Cause is that how we're going to do the analogy here? Fool me seven times. Shame on you. But like, that's kind of what it comes down to is like, they st- every game is a new opportunity to prove to us that they can do these things against a better opponent. When we see them do it against bad opponents, they remind us, Hey, we, we can do this. All right, you can do this. We know you are capable of it. You have it in you. Now let's see it as the stakes get higher, the opponent gets higher, the margin of error gets a little bit smaller. Easier said than done. And the Detroit will not be easy in, in really any way, shape or form. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting the scoop on what's going on in Detroit on our Crossover Thursday podcast this week with our friends from Locked on Lions. Matt Deary is one of my favorites. I love talking to Matt. We're going to have a good time on Thursday. But in the meantime, we got more mini bi-week content for you coming all week long in the Lockdown Bears podcast. I want to talk about Darnell Mooney's lack of a contract and that whole situation. I also want to talk about sort of like, it's not the halfway point of the season, but it's close. It's a little past it, but it's a good halfway point of like, what guys still need to prove a lot over the final seven games of the season or six games, seven weeks, whatever it is left in this season. So a lot more to get to this week. That's why you got to make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Bears on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Really appreciate all of our everydayers making Locked On Bears your first listen every single day, starting off your day the right way. Shout out to the Locked On Bears insiders as well, who I was talking with about the, the cover two data earlier. Got the We were talking about that in the group a little bit ahead of time before this podcast. And plus you can see the full coverage data. I mean the coverage has been there the whole time. But those people are why we do the podcast. They're the diehards here that we absolutely love. But whether you're an insider and every day or this is your first time tuning in, I just hope that every time you listen to Lockdown Bears podcast, you always leave with another opportunity to bear down.